0: Thanks for tuning in to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could help us spread the gospel message of Jesus by subscribing to, sharing, and leaving a review on this podcast. We are believing to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. Thanks and enjoy this week's message. There's no way you can pass through this life without loss. You know, it's interesting because we are right now during Olympics, you know, some we don't even realize we actually have Olympics. People are actually winning at things. America, uh, last time I checked yesterday, has the most medals. We're crushing it and, you know, different competitions. And while we're winning in one side, you know, because of pandemic, COVID and all of that craziness, we're being crushed on the other side. And I feel like that's how life is. I saw a photo of my aunt yesterday, uh, Larissa, who's, who is there. Her granddaughter was born yesterday at the same time we're mourning the death of a young man and it's kind of like that in life sometimes in the morning you have a birth in the evening you have death in the morning you have a funeral and then in the evening you you have a wedding somebody's wedding and it's it's that kind of a thing the cycle of life but the most amazing part for us as Christians is that we don't just believe in Jesus who helps us to get better life he makes us better at life a friend of mine a pastor told me this week that honestly stuck with me he says if your religion doesn't teach you how to die switch it the bible says in first uh, corinthians 15 19 it says if in this life only we have hope in christ we are of all men are most pitiable." meaning you are to be most pitied if jesus is the only reason you believe in him for this life to help you get through the test help you to get married help you to raise your your children help you to you know make sure that your husband loves you help you make sure that you get a good retirement help you to just keep your marriage safe if in this life only we believe in Jesus Christ out of all people on the earth we are to be most pitied because the whole anchor of Christianity for us is eternal life no matter how long my friend you will live on this earth and I think that these moments they remind us that life is precious and they also remind us that life is fragile and while we eat the broccoli we exercise and we take the vitamins while we try to you know put in those 10,000 steps all of that has its place at the end of the day my friend it is appointed for a man to die and there is a judgment We don't serve God only because He makes our life better. We serve God because He teaches us how to be better at life and even at death. Amen. As I was even studying for this topic and for myself, you know, I realized that loss is not just loss of life. There are people today that you're going through loss of business. Maybe you're going through a loss of relationship. Perhaps you're going through a loss of opportunity. Maybe you're going through a loss that is in some other areas that is not on the same level, but it feels, it feels painful for you. It feels challenging. Maybe you feel doubt, disappointment, a sense of defeat, a sense of being crushed by those circumstances. And God has something to say about that. I am not in any way going to sign up today to give you an explanation or an answer to every question that you have. I don't have them myself. But I believe that God teaches us His Word tells us how to go through certain losses losses in general the doctors and medical professionals others tell us there's seven stages of loss or grief when something crazy bad happens to you number one is the shock it's that just just a shock the the second one is denial No, it can't be happening to me. That's not true. I can recover from this. Uh, No, this is going to end better. I know it. And for us as Christians, we have the promises of God we stand on. We rally Christians to pray. We're going to reverse that. We're going to move the mountain. We're going to speak to that tree. And we begin to step in. And I'm just sharing practically what begins to happen to us. Number three is we begin to bargain. Number four, we feel a sense of guilt. Number five, anger settles in. Number six, depression starts knocking on the door. And number seven we experience acceptance and we actually begin to experience hope a lot of us get the tools of how to win in life but today i want to share with you the template of how to lose i don't know how to lose you have to learn how to lose not just how to win most of what's in the bible is tools on how to win there's other part of the bible it gives you a template of what to do when you didn't i love the fact that the bible doesn't hide painful stories it has a book of lamentations it's weeping it has a book of job it's just over 140 questions it has psalms 150 150 psalms and half of those psalms david is either angry mad or going through something very very difficult and you read there's like I can relate with this guy. I don't relate with his language, I don't relate with his uh, analogies but I relate with his feelings. We see even Jesus who was called the man of sorrow and we see that in the Bible. I love the scripture in the Bible because it's not illusion. It does not portray life in such a light where it's happy, it's always smile, it's always good, you always see a miracle. God, every prayer God answers, every sick person always gets healed. You will never have a special needs child, you will never have a bankruptcy, you will never have a speed bump, you will never have, a. you'll never be fired, laid off from work. Things will always work like you expect it to be. Bible never reveals that kind of life to us. Jesus never portrayed it like that in fact scripture teaches us more on how to suffer than how to win. I want to look at the story of David because David is an example to me and there is a short template David gives it to us and we're just going to quickly touch on that and I will leave you with encouragement and with hope so just kind of get your heart ready. In 2 Samuel we see chapter 12 David has child who is sick in chapter 12 of second samuel it says that verse 15 the lord struck the child and uriah's wife that uriah's wife bore to david and he became ill verse 16. david therefore pleaded somebody say pleaded pleaded "Pleaded with the lord and for the child and david fasted somebody say fasted and went in and lie all night on the ground somebody say all night prayer And the Bible says the elders of the house arose and went to raise him up from the ground but he would not nor he would eat food with them. I love this because this tells me the tools David used to fight. When a tragedy happened to David's house David didn't say well if it's God's will we'll see what's going to happen. David didn't take that approach. When the problem hit David's life he didn't say well I'm just gonna you know if it's God's will God's bill. David pleaded, David fasted, David went into all night prayer meeting, David picked up the tools, he knew these tools because he slew Goliath like that, he slew lion like that, he slew a bear like that, David went through hell and back, he developed some tools, he's like I know how to pray, I know how to fast, I know how to stand in God's word, I know how to believe and I want to encourage each one of you when a problem hits your house, don't give up to the problem, fight and resist. Don't just say, well, if it's God's will, it is God's will that you will live. It is God's will that people are healed. It is God's will that you prosper. It is God's will. You have to know God's will and you gotta fight. You gotta go to the doctor. You gotta take the best medicine, take the best treatment. You gotta apply everything you have in your arsenal. Pull on your connections, pull on your small group, pull on your church, use your Instagram, use your Facebook, ask for help, ask for prayer and go into a war. and David did that seven days not getting out of his floor he's not even changing clothes not showering he's weeping he's wailing God said the child will die David says yes I know he said that but I know God is merciful and I want to see maybe I can find a crack maybe I can find a loophole maybe I can get God's love somehow something can shift there and David says I am not giving my kid up I'm gonna fight for that kid I know God said this kid is not gonna live but I'm gonna fight for it I'm gonna weep I'm gonna fast because I know my God he said it but he sometimes can change his mind and God never changes his character but he can change his mind God said to some people you will die the guy went well, in God no God told the prophet go back and tell him I added 15 more years so David knew God has the thing about him. He can say one thing but you, you can kind of cry and then you can really not manipulate God but you can move God. God loves us so much. Sometimes you know when you have kids and you tell them no and the kid comes in and gives you those like those eyes and you're like stop it. Don't, don't do that because they're, they're, they're taking control of you. They're like practicing something on you. They're moving you and they're like yeah okay just a little bit come over here. And David knew God so close. He knew that God said it but I'm going to still press in. I'm going to still pray. I'm going to still go in. And the Bible says after seven days, he hears the whispers. And David is asking, what's happening? What's happening? And they were afraid to tell him what happened. Because they saw how persistent he was in getting the miracle. He saw how tenacious, how, how much tenacity he had. And the Bible says that the elders thought to themselves, if we tell him what happened, he will harm himself because of how much passion he put into this miracle and it didn't happen and he asked the question point blank is my child dead and the scripture says they replied to him yes he is I want you to watch his response because this is the template verse 20 of chapter 12 so David arose from the ground washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes He went into the house of the Lord and worshiped Then he went into his own house. When he had requested, they said food before him and he ate. Verse 24. Then David comforted Bathsheba and his wife. His wife. I find it very interesting because that is not how normal people respond to loss. How many people respond to loss whether it's in a relationship, whether in praying for someone, praying for something in their life, maybe believing, fighting for something and it just does not happen how you expected it. It just didn't turn out the way you really hoped for. We typically don't do this. A lot of people what they do is what Job's wife told Job to do. I'm going to read another um, story and that is the Job story in the Job chapter 1 verse 20 and in job chapter 1 verse 20 where is my job okay he's in the bible but he just escaped me so you see it in the back right very good <clears throat> let me see it in the front now as well job the bible says in job chapter 20 and verse 21 and 22 uh, 22 then Job arose so Job hears that his uh, family is slaughtered his livestock is gone so his business goes out his family is done is done with their their dead they're not just sick they're dead and all of his life and then in verse chapter 2 it says that even his own skin his own health begins to deteriorate then Job arose he tore his robe shaved his head he fell to the ground and worshiped and he said naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return there the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away not theologically correct here because God actually didn't take it away but you see a grieving man blessed be the name of the Lord verse 22 in all this Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong that means you can actually put a charge on God why did you you owe me this wasn't right where you charge God meaning you hold God accountable you hold God responsible he could have prevented he could have stopped it you served him like even Diana shared a powerful testimony today you know I served God and so now he was supposed to do that why did he not allow that and Job he didn't charge God with wrong how do you respond to a loss in your life how do you respond to a loss of a job loss of a business how do you respond to a loss of a relationship after you have fought after you have done your best after you have went to counseling and that relationship still did not make it after you have went and sought everything possible and it just did not happen like you expected it to be that's not how you plan to spend your life that's not how you imagined your life will be you thought you will be a lot more further you thought this thing has a potential and now this thing turned into something that you did not expect her what do you do then let's dive into David's template number one David gets up from the ground if you're taking notes write this down the first thing that we must learn to do is rise from the ground stand in what you know don't lay in what you feel stand in what you know David laid on the ground but when something just it went past resurrection it went past where this is this is not going to come back already this is already gone this opportunity is already gone this situation this job this business this relationship it's not coming back you kind of know you perceive that already and then the devil wants to keep you in that ground he wants to keep you down but the bible says David get got up from the ground in Ephesians chapter 6 it says after you have done all you can stand when you prayed your prayer when you fasted your fasting when you have sowed when you have sacrificed when you have done everything you can God wants to find you standing standing in his word standing on this promise standing that he loves you that he cares for you he's still a good God stand don't live and lay in your feelings feelings will come like a wind feelings will come like a wave sometimes they'll overwhelm you but it's important never to swim in your feelings stand on the solid ground of God's word it's probably not the way you expected life to be my friend None of us ever get life like we expected it to be and sooner or later we're going to have to learn to stand on what God says, stand on what we know otherwise we're going to swim, lay and drown in what we feel. Feelings they change feelings one day they come in your life is worthless your life will not amount to anything God abandons you another day those feelings change you can't lay in your feelings you have a foundation to stand on I don't blame people who don't stand on Christ who don't have Christ but as a Christian you owe it to yourself to stand on the foundation Jesus has given you you owe it to your family you owe it to your children you owe it to your future you owe it to Jesus' death on the cross who gave you rock to stand on. Stand on a solid rock stand on his promises. Stand on the fact that I know my Redeemer lives. I know my skin is fading away. My children died and somebody caravans took all of my life lock but Job said I know my Redeemer lives and I will see him with my eye. Paul said that I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded. I am convinced he will guard my reward, my inheritance. I know Yes, I feel sadness but I know my God is with me. Yes, I feel depression but I know my God is on my side. Yes, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death but I fear no evil for you are with me. Why? Because I know. I stand on what I know. Don't lay in the depression. Don't lay in the sadness. Feel it but don't stand on it. Feel it but don't let it sweep you out. Come on somebody. The Bible says second thing that happened to David not only he rose from the ground I want you to see he washed himself. Turn to your neighbor say wash yourself. So you have to rise from the ground and wash yourself. Why do you have to wash yourself? It's because a lot of times when you are on the ground when you are down the enemy will stain you with thoughts of depression, disappointment and doubt. Let me say that again when you are down when you are down there you start to stink you start to have things that the enemy will stick to you that when you get up if you don't wash yourself you will carry into the next season of your life what should have been left in the previous season wash yourself God wants you to learn don't just wait for God to wash you wash yourself with His word wash yourself with the confession to say failure is an event it's not a person my issue is not my identity my loss is not the end of me when i am down it does not mean i am done it doesn't mean that it's over for me yes i might not dream again today yes i might not hope again today but i will hope again one day it might not be today, but it will be one day. You have to learn to wash yourself, my friend. Wash yourself of disappointment. Wash yourself of guilt. Wash yourself, man, I shoulda, coulda, man, I wish I woulda. I gotta, You gotta wash yourself because regret and fear, guilt and shame, doubt and disappointment, it's a, it's a baggage that you're gonna have to carry into the next chapter. The next season, the next room in your life should not pay the price for the failures and the losses of the previous in your life. Maybe your ex left you. Maybe you had a toxic relationship and you ran from it. That relationship died. Don't live with offense, anger and bitterness toward that person. Don't punish your next because of your ex. Don't drag into the next what should have been left in your past. Just wash yourself. David washed himself because while he was on the ground biting the dust. He was on the ground, smelled like the ground. Now he washes himself. And not only he washes himself, I want you to see number three, anoint yourself. Somebody say anoint yourself. Somebody dropped that in the chat, anoint yourself. Not only you have to wash yourself, you have to anoint yourself. What does anointing yourself means? In Psalm, it talks about God anoints our head with oil in Psalm 45 verse 7 it says he anoints us with oil of gladness in Hebrews 1 9 it talks about anointing yourself with oil of gladness What does anointing means you choose joy you choose joy joy is not doesn't come on you you have to choose it happiness is a result of what's happening joy is a result of a choice Happiness is result of your external circumstances. Joy is a result of your internal decision. Happiness is your smile. It's your face. Joy is in your heart. Now I do understand some of you, you've been coming to church for very long with joy and it buried so deep inside, it never makes it to your face. But as long as it's there, (laughs) it's okay. It's okay. Joy is right here. Happiness is right here. You have to choose joy. Why? Because as Christians joy is not a luxury for us only when things are doing good. God expects us to rejoice in the Lord always. You can't rejoice in your sickness. You can't rejoice in your children sometimes, in your relationships. That's why it gives us an eternal never-ending source of joy in the Lord always. That means that I can go through moments where I'm crying but I'm still rejoicing in here because I choose to rejoice. I'm going through the moments where I don't have a smile but I have a joy in my heart in the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. Something happens that vitamins, broccoli, something happens that 10,000 steps cannot give you. Something happens that drinking protein cannot give you. It's called the joy of the Lord gives you strength. In fact, it takes strength to choose joy when it doesn't come on you, when you don't feel it, you're say, talking about ignoring my feelings, I'm not talking about ignoring your feelings, refusing to be a slave to it, you choose joy, you anoint yourself and you say I will rejoice in the Lord my God, I will rejoice in His Word, I will rejoice in His presence, you gotta anoint yourself, why? Because those demons and those devils have to know the devil doesn't got you, it's probably not a proper English but you get the point, he didn't got you, Number four, change your clothes. The Bible says that not only he anointed himself, he washed himself, he got up from the ground, he changed his clothes. Changing your clothes means you have to change your confession. From loss always happens to me. I'm not saying that we can't complain. The problem happens when complaining becomes our second language when we learn the language of complaining and we prefer to speak that versus our you know when I came to the United States I learned another language I'm still perfecting that language you, you hear an accent but some of us have went through to a place of loss, defeat, hurt and suffering and every place you go into has a language some people went through divorce some people went through you know you have maybe a special needs child or perhaps COVID wiped your business out or maybe things happen to you that you can't explain and while you are in that area you picked up a language where I'm not good enough, I'm a loser, my life will never work out, things God is not good on my side and you started to curse your future because of the pain of now. You got to change your clothes. There's a story about Jacob and when Jacob's wife was giving birth to a child Rachel was giving birth to a child and as she's giving birth to a child. It was so painful for Rachel that she actually in the process of giving birth to a child she died and right before she died she released these words and she called her child Ben-Oni. Word Ben-Oni says a son of my trouble. And when Jacob saw that you know you would think out of respect for his dying wife he would keep that name because this is the last thing she said and Jacob is like not gonna happen. I respect you Rachel but you can't curse this kid's future because of your present pain. Because Jacob remembered my mama did that to me called me supplanter. I lived 20 years of my life cheating and cutting corners and we're not going to do that to the next generation and Jacob goes in and before that kid learns his name he switches his name from Benoni to Benjamin the son of my right hand and he said this kid will be close to me. This kid will be near me. His future Will not be penalized. His future will not be cursed because somebody had a very painful season in their life. Don't curse your future because you're currently hurting, suffering, and because it's painful. Don't, don't deem your future suffering, pain, loss this will never bankruptcy, poverty just because it's the way you grew up. Do not release this, switch your clothes, change your wardrobe, choose. You know it costs you absolutely nothing to say negative words as it is to, to say positive words. Words are like gears in your car. You can turn it to drive or you can turn it to reverse. But see while it costs absolutely same energy on your end, it takes you in completely opposite directions. Power of life and death is in your mouth. I'm not saying you can name it, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, confess it, possess it. I'm not saying you can get up and just walk over there and say I'm a millionaire. And you're going to be a millionaire. That's all garbage. That's not going to happen. You can walk until you turn a speak. You're a millionaire until you turn blue. Okay, if you don't have a job, you don't want to work and you don't want to save money, you ain't no millionaire. Okay, so stop listening to the new age stuff and law of attraction and attracting from the universe. That's not Bible. But what I'm talking about is that whenever you're going through a difficult season, you still choose to line up your confession with God's Word. And you still choose to wear a wardrobe and to wear something that represents the kingdom of God where you are going, not where you're coming from every church that I go to they give me t-shirts to wear you know why they give me t-shirts to wear because they want me to represent them everywhere I'm going to go in the future so I've been there in the past but they want me to represent them in the future I don't wear it I only wear hungry gen stuff so you choose what are you going to wear God wants you to wear not where you've been God wants you to wear where you're going how do you do that with your confession speak God's word speak not what you feel but speak what you know. It does not mean you can't complain but don't develop complaining into your next language where you just switch into that and you constantly, we never have enough money, you're you're not providing enough, oh kids are always misbehaving, I just hope that I'm too fat, I'm too bald or I have too much hair or I'm too short my nose is like this or my job is like this man, I just hate my bus, I just hate America, I just hate the and you're always hating, hating, and you realize you learned a new language you have a hard time learning English but you learn the other one really good. God don't speak that language. Speak new language of faith. Speak new language of victory. Speak new language. You may say but I'm going through a trial. It does not mean you have to have that trial be reflected in your language. The Bible says number five, go to the house of God. He changes his clothes and the first place he goes to is into the house of God. The devil doesn't want you to go to God's house when you experience loss. The devil does not want you to go to God's house when you get fired. The devil does not want you to go to God's house if relationship did not work out. The devil, what he wants you to do is he wants you to go to the bar. He wants you to go lock yourself in the room. David goes into God's house. Not only when things were good, he goes to God's house when things were hard. People sometimes say, well, I quit church. Why? It didn't work. Wait, I thought this was about worship. What do you mean it didn't work? Was God a vending machine you put 25 cents into and you get a, you get what you want? Well, Like what do you mean it didn't work? God is not a job. God is creator. You, we have to take this away. It worked. It didn't work. For us the relationship with God is not based on did it work or it didn't work. Well I prayed he did not answer. Well you don't know every missing piece that you're not aware of. For David God was not somebody that oh it worked, it didn't work. For David God was someone that he loved and someone that he worshipped. Make sure that your love for God is greater than your loss. Make sure your love for God is greater and David still goes into God's temple. I find more people leave God's house because they did work. They got the job. They got the business they finally out of debt they finally found that Mr. Wonderful and they're no longer in church why because it's never been about God it's been about us and when finally God gave me what I wanted I left him and if he doesn't give me what I want I'll leave him so either way God will lose don't make it about you make it about God Do the same thing with your spouse. Don't make it about you. It's not about your happiness in marriage first. It's about your holiness first. It's about loving the other person first. Everyone who has children, you know, it's not about you when it comes to those kids. You don't birth your children and they give you a few sleepless nights like, you know what, I'm going to go sell them. Why? It didn't work. They took away my happiness. Nobody does that. Nobody drops their kids at Pasco flea market and say, well, let anybody else pick them up. Why? It didn't work for me. I really tried for a few weeks. It didn't work. No, we don't do it like that with kids. We don't do it like that with our marriages. And we should never do that like that with God's church. Keep coming to church. Keep worshiping. Those of you watching us online, keep going back. Some of you, maybe you had a loss or depression, discouragement, something bad happened and you disconnected. You're like, I can't go to church. I can't see people right now. Go to church. The Bible says the next thing David did, not only he went to church, he didn't fold his hands. He worshiped. Can I say something, you will either surrender to God or you will slander God. David did not slander God, he surrendered to him. Did God give him an answer? Nope. Did did God give him an explanation? Nope, but he still worshiped. I want to tell you a secret today to just worship. Don't just come, it worked, it didn't work, just worship. If you lost something, if you went through a trial, if you're going through a difficult time right now, those of you watching or re-watching this message, learn the art of worship because when you worship, something happens, it protects you. We have an umbrella in the lobby. When you put an umbrella outside, it doesn't stop the rain. It just stops it from hitting you. When you worship my friend, it doesn't stop all the trouble in the world, it doesn't make the world a paradise, it just causes it not to harm your loyalty and your love for God. It causes you to go through a rainy season and you still can remain dry. It causes you to go through a painful season and you're not bitter, you actually can become better. Even when you're battered, even when you are battled against, even when you are thrown things at and by you choose to worship something will happen in the realm of the Spirit. You are protected not from the rain but from being wet because of the rain you are protected from becoming bitter you are protected from becoming a person that is offended you are protected from becoming a person that becomes negative you are protected from the person who lives his life anchored in that event worship somebody touch your neighbor and say worship somebody dropped it in the chat right now you got to worship and the bible says that he ate when you can't find answers in the bible read it to find strength. When you're going through a loss, don't read the Bible to find answers. Read the Bible to find God. David didn't go to eat so he can get an answer. He ate because he was hungry. You need to eat because you're a spiritual being and you need to, you need God's word. Read the Psalms. Read the book of Lamentation. Read the books where people were going through some things and find how they found courage and you will find the same courage, the same anointing hits your life and you will not only get through it, you will recover. While you cannot move past that but you will walk right through it onto the other side. The Bible says he ate and I love this. Uh, the scripture says after he ate, he gave comfort to his wife. Interesting. The Bible did not say somebody comfort him. It says he comforted somebody else. How can you? Needing comfort. He was hurting as well. But when you eat, when you wash yourself, when you anoint yourself, you will find somebody else who's hurting as much as you. And God will give you the comfort to comfort them with. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. 2 Corinthians, I apologize. Who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble. With the comfort with, with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Nobody can comfort other people who have first not got up, washed their face, anointed themselves, put on clothes, changed their clothes. Eight, went to the house of God and worshiped. Then you find yourself, you not only have peace for you, you can embrace somebody else. You can help somebody else. You can give an encouragement to somebody else that's what David did you know what God did after that the Bible says when that happened when David reacted like this David and Bathsheba had another baby this baby did not die this baby not only lived the Bible says this the Lord loved him Solomon was birth. Solomon was born right after David's huge loss If you handle your losses correctly, they will turn to wins. I don't know how that happens. It's like a knife. You can take it by the handle. It becomes a tool. You can take it by the blade and bleed out. If you take your losses correctly, if you go through them properly, grieving, trusting, worshiping, being surrounded by God's family, choosing to watch your words, choosing to watch your thoughts, disconnecting yourself from these intrusive demonic thoughts that say you won't make it that's how your life is going to be God abandoned you and you washed it it's dirt it's not God it's dirt you washed it away from your mind knowing God is with you this is what's going to happen you will try again you will go into relationship again you will not be afraid to go into relationship you will go into a job again, you will try take that test again, you will go to that university again, you will apply again, you will start a business again, you will have another son or another daughter, you will have something again and because you will not be trapped in that situation and that next thing could be that thing that will cause the thing before to become a distant memory a scar that no longer hurts, a scar that you can use to point people to God of how good has God been to you through the difficult and challenging situations of your life. It will become your testimony. It will become your story to reveal His glory. It will become something that you will talk with tears, but you will no longer be broken. You will no longer be battered. You will no longer be bitter by it. You, in fact, will be better. It will be weird because you can explain it. You will never want to go through it again, but you say, I am not who I am today if it wouldn't be for that. My relationship with God changed. My view on life changed. My appreciation changed. Everything changed. I want you to rise to your feet just because you're down it doesn't mean you're done turn to your neighbors say you're not done in psalm 23 verses 1 2 or 3 the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he i want you to notice word he he makes me lay down at green pastures he leads me beside the still waters he restores my i want you to notice word he somebody say he you refer to God as He, he's, he's out there, He's making me lay down, He's doing all of that and maybe you've experienced that, God is my shepherd, I got saved, I joined the church, He makes me lay down at green pastures, I experience still waters, He restores my soul, He leads me in the ways of righteousness for His name's sake and then there's verse 4. You know what verse 4 says? Yay! Whoa! What just happened? I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What? How did green pastures, still waters, restore soul, righteousness? Where did the valley? How did that, how did he took the wrong turn, God? I want you to notice something changed. No longer he is he. David now says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. He went from he to you. Now it's close. You were God that I loved and I trusted. Now you became a God I depend on. Yea, I walked through. I want you to notice he didn't say I built my apartment there, moved there. I walked through the valley. The shadow of death. It's death but it's the shadow. Not real death because real death killed Jesus Christ. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me but I love the fact that Psalm 23 does not end with verse 4. I'm going to tell you one thing right I give you a prophetic word. There is life outside of verse 4. There is life after the death of that child. He, it says you prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. You see how the relationship with God is now different from he to you. You. I'm speaking directly face to face. I know him now. I heard of him Job said. I've read about him but when I went through what I went through now I know him. I see him. I know his name. I know how he moves. I feel his presence. I know his closeness to me. You prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. You are the one that will cause the mercy and goodness to follow me all the days of your life. God might not give you an explanation but he will give you a brand new experience with him. And he will take you to a new season. He will take you to a new place. He will bring you new victories. He will bring you new glory. In Jesus' name. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you like what you've heard, you can find more of this great content on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and even Pinterest. In other words, we would love to connect with you for the latest and greatest info on all conferences and internships. Remember, better is not good enough, the best is yet to come.